Section 5 of A Short Description of Tor Abbey by Hugh Robert Watkin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Garth the general proportions of this centre of the monastical life were dependent upon the dimensions of the church and in the case of tor abbey measured ninety-one feet square the garth was a grass plot or paved quadrangle in the centre of which was sometimes a fountain or tree symbolical of life in this case there does not appear to have been anything in the centre and the square was probably grassed to the north was the church wall blank with exception of a small door for processional purposes in the northwest corner and a second entrance discovered in nineteen eleven used by the canons to reach the stalls after much search a small portion of the foundation of the north cloister wall was found thirteen feet south of this entrance showing that the north cloister which would contain the carols was four feet wider than the other sides on the west was the wall of the guest hall which in those days would have no windows overlooking the garth the cloister in the northeast corner of the garth is a doorway built in the wall of the south transept at this point five feet thick to withstand the thrust and weight of the church tower this door was the canon's entrance to the church and also was probably the only means of access to the dormitory by the stairway in the south transept the outside arching of the doorway is smaller than the inside the south side of the entrance is at right angles with the line of the wall but the north side splays inwards this with the enlarged inner arch was probably to allow the circular headed door to open inwards in the thickness of the wall the lines cut on the slate slab fixed in the wall are by the reverend joseph reeve at one time vicar of chudley the exact shape of the stairway from the lower level of the garth was difficult to determine there were at least two steps up to this door the tiled floor of the cloister on the east side was one foot above the level of the garth from which it was separated by a stone foundation the remains of this wall are at one level with no trace of columns probably an upper tier of beer stone which has been removed carried the support to the roof a recess in the masonry formed by a strengthening of the west wall of the transept was probably used as the columna with gradi or shelves on which the manuscript books of the abbey were kept the adjoining gap in the wall can never have been an entrance two fragments of the tiled floor in situ showed that the arch is too low for such a purpose the discovery of the drain already mentioned coming from the transept and passing under the pier which has been since placed in the centre to support the wall suggested that this was a lavatory but subsequent consideration favours the probability that it was rather an ormbry to contain books beyond the entrance to the chapter house already noticed is the arched exit from the day stairs descending from the daughter to the garth this has been closed with masonry since the dissolution 
and all trace of the stairway has been removed. The exit in the corner probably led into a slipe, which in turn communicated with the rear daughter, the drain from which and old foundations of the east wing were discovered in 1911 and inserted in the revised plan. At Titchfield Abbey, the nearest religious house of the same order to Tor, this cloister, on the east side of the garth, was the place of interment for the abbots. The first abbot of Titchfield was buried in front of the chapter house entrance, and the others in succession southward. Nothing we have noticed points to this site having been similarly used at Tor, and it is not yet known where the early abbots of Tor were buried. The southern side of the garth, which formed the wall of the locutorium and adjoining refectory with its sub-vault, is now almost obscured by additions to the post-dissolution mansion, built in all probability by Sir George Carey subsequent to 1662, as in the old engraving of that date the site of the refectory was still a ruin. The Locutorium or Califactory the small entrance discernible in the masonry in the southeast corner of the garth led from the cloister into the canon's califactory. To reach this room, we leave the cloister by the doorway in the southeast corner of the garth, and passing a large circular buttress supporting the badly built addition to the house, gain the entrance at the back of the east wing. This entrance to the califactory did not exist in the canon's days. A small built-up doorway in the south wall, to the left on entering, was probably used by the lay brother to bring in fuel for the fire. The site of the fire, which gave to this apartment the name of califactory, can be traced in the east wall to the right on entering. In this room alone could the strict rule of silence be relaxed, by which it was also known as the locutorium or room of conversation. The roof was groined, and there was no second story, as it would have interfered with the large window, generally circular, in the east end of the refectory. The Refectory Subvault there was no communication between the locutorium and the refectory sub-vault into which we next enter. The partition walls are modern, and this was originally one vault of four double bays. The groined roof was supported on three beer-stone pillars with Purbeck capital and base. Two of these pillars were built in and hidden by the cross walls. One has been again exposed. This vault was formerly lit by four lights, one in each bay, on the north side from the garth. The end window has been converted into a stairway, now closed, which formerly communicated with the butler's room. The entrance to this vault was on the south side, in the second bay from the east end, immediately under where the pulpit of the refectorium would be placed in the wall, as at St. Agatha's, Easby, Yorkshire. The site of the pulpit is now occupied by the entrance to the residence. Windows originally occupied the first and third bays, and in the fourth the appearance of the masonry suggests a lavatory recess for washing. This sub-vault was not improbably used as a school in which the novitiates were taught. 
the west end wall is part of a mass of masonry twelve feet in thickness formed by an addition each side to the original partition wall to form a base for the elizabethan chimneys the cellarer's store to reach the other side of the twelve feet thick wall we must cross the garth pass the modern wings and additions which almost cover the southern half of the quadrangle and by a circuitous route through the basements once more reach the continuation of the refectory sub-vault these two bays from their position were doubtless used as the cellarer's store two of the original windows although closed by masonry give a very good idea of what these sub-vault windows were like the entrance now closed appears to have been again on the south side in the west bay the two doorways at present open have been since broken through there was originally no access to the refectory sub-vaults from the garth the wall dividing the cellarer's store was also not part of the original plan although probably of earlier date than the similar walls in the school of the novitiates End of section 5